Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard and I've been a fear of flying coach since 1997. And today's podcast, I am talking to myself about tiny habits to beat fear of flying. Now, many people are aware of research, and I may have even mentioned it in previous podcasts, about how long does it take to get rid of a fear of flying. And quite often, you may see these one-day events, and to be honest with you, I've run them, and I still run them, and they can be extremely effective for people. But for some, it it doesn't actually help them to, to nudge over the line, to get to the point where they don't have the fear of flying anymore. And why is that? So I want to quote a couple of people, actually. The first one I want to talk about is some research that was done by Philippa Lally. And I can't remember if I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, so apologies if I have. But I think it's quite relevant because many years ago, there used to be some idea around that basically it takes 21 days to change a habit. You may have come across that yourself. And what Philippa Lally's research proved was actually... It's about 66 days, so 66 days to change a habit. Now, that's, what's that, two or three months? I don't know what that works. Just over two months, isn't it? But what she actually found was that it's, with her subject group, it's somewhere between 18 and 254 days. And I think that's really interesting because it shows that it's not just an event, that changing a habit is a process and this is something that I've banged on about for years is that if you want to beat a fear of flying or change any habit at all actually it is a process that requires consistent effort. Now does that mean that you've got to do it religiously every day for 66 days or whatever your time span is? Her research also found that you can afford the odd one or two days blip. So in other words It doesn't interfere with the habit change, provided there's a consistent, mostly, process of doing something different every day when you're trying to change a habit. So if you have the odd day where you don't do it well or you um, fall off the wagon, so if you think about going to the gym or changing your eating patterns, that there may be the odd day where you just go, oh, sod it, I'm not doing it today. And provided that doesn't continue into a week and then two weeks, There's nothing to suggest that that will stop you being actually achieve the target that you're trying to achieve. So I think that's great news, isn't it? So it gives you a chance to think about it a bit more realistically and think, well, I'm not going to be a saint. I'm not going to be an angel and be able to stick to this process every single day. But if I mostly get it right most days and give it at least two months, there's no reason why I couldn't change the way I feel about something, or or indeed change a habit. So how does this link into fear of flying? Well, when people come on a one-day course, you just say, how how does that do the trick? Well, I don't think it does. I think the one-day courses are part of your process. So if you've already started to think about ways that you can beat the fear of flying, then the one-day course can fit in very neatly with that because it's then part of your process. It's just a very healthy, big, positive injection of help. So it could be at the beginning of your journey. It could be further along. 
it could be right at the end just as you sort of given yourself loads of time to think about beating your fear of flying and if I'm honest that was part of the rationale behind starting the 30-day programs because I wanted to give people a little bit of information every day rather than just sort of throwing everything at them in one day which of course that is still an option but I think it's nice to have choices about the way that you beat your fear. So what can you actually do then? What can you actually do to sustain and to deal with fear of flying? So then I'm going to refer to a chap called James Clear who wrote a book called Atomic Habits. Now you may have read this and I I have definitely mentioned this before because I think it's great. Now the way that atomic habits work is doing something really tiny so there's a couple of things going on actually so I'll try and give it give it some justice but it works a bit like this so if you're looking to change something change a habit so it could be it could be anything whatever you're looking to change there's a couple of things that he suggests that you should do so the first thing is make it really tiny so what is it that you can do every day What's a tiny thing you could do? What could you do today towards, say, beating your fear of flying, for example? What would be a tiny thing that you could do straight away? Now, that's great. Tiny things happen and help. But now, to make it an actual habit so that it becomes something that sticks, how do you do that? So his suggested approach is think about something you do already. So what is it? that you do habitually every day that you don't have to think about. It's just already a habit. So, for example, when you get up in the morning, it's the first thing you do, you pick up your telephone. Is the last thing at night you do your teeth or is it you put your phone on charge or is it you check the doors or is it... There will be something which you do already, which is a habit that's already ingrained, practiced, reinforced, it's there, it's in place and it's going on anyway. And his suggestion is actually you use that and attach something new to it. So for example, if I wanted to, oh, I don't know, if I wanted to improve my reading and I know that the first thing I do every day is I come down and have a coffee, that's my first little ritual, this is very true for me actually, (laughs) And my first little ritual every single day, which is ingrained and I don't have to think about it. It's just something automatic. I already do. It's already a pattern, a habit that I have. Then the way to make it easy for myself is that by the kettle, I put a book. And so the habit of going to the kettle to make the coffee is already ingrained and I'm going to do that anyway. But the book is the introduction. So then I just do a deal myself and say three pages. So every day when I go and make the coffee in the time it takes for the kettle to boil or for five minutes while I drink the coffee that I will read something in the book. And that now is likely to become a habit. If I keep doing that for long enough and it's a tiny thing which is doable, easy for me to do and it's already on the path of least resistance. And what I mean by that is that we are quite lazy as humans We tend to sort of go for the easy route around stuff. And so if there's an easier way to do something, then I would heartily recommend that's what you do. And if that is one of your patterns, that you do something like that, then link it in. So if you're thinking about beating a fear of flying, you're looking at tiny, tiny things you could do every day. So what's 
a current pattern that you do every day that you could do slightly differently. So for example, it could be, do you always go on to BBC News or whatever, whatever news is your local CNN or whatever your local country news is? Is that a pattern that you already have? Could that be, have something else bolted onto it? Could it be substituted? So when you go on to BBC News, could you read something positive about fear of flying? Could you Google safety records? Could you do something tiny every day towards beating your fear? But linking in to something that you already do is the idea of James Clear. And so in his book, Atomic Habits, that's exactly what he talks about. It's finding tiny things, which then means that you have that sense of achievement. And if you like, you might even get a slight dopamine hit because you go, boom, done that thing. Um, but also it's such a tiny thing that it's easy to do. And then you link it in with something which is already a habit that you do consistently now anyway. It's just something you do. And it could be like if you always go for a run and you listen to some music, could you substitute that for listening to a podcast or something positive thinking or something like that? Is there a simple change that you could do which already piggybacks on something that's already in place. So there you go. There's my top tips. So it's the tiny habits approach to dealing with fear of flying. I hope you found that useful. And if you've got any comments at all, I'd love to hear from you. So paul at lovefly.co.uk. That's paul at lovefly.co.uk. If you haven't found the Facebook group yet, it's lovefly. Fear of Flying or Love Fly Overcome Fear of Flying. If you search for those, you'll find that there is a private Facebook group which has daily and weekly stuff in there to help you. So thank you ever so much for listening and catch you next time.